is stadiums and arenas, the sports podcast. This is how we do it. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Stadiums and Arenas, the sports podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hawkin, and my partner in crime co-host, sports analyst, Pip, you name it, E-Money Bags. What up, E? Cha-ching, cha-ching. All right, guys, today's Friday, August 16th. This is our first edition of the podcast. Today's show, we're going to talk about the much-anticipated NFL season. Now, it's hard to find bigger NFL fans than guys like us, Eddie. I mean, we got the preseason on right now, Detroit versus Cleveland. We were just outside, tossing the football, just like back in the day. No one can handle a remote control like us. I mean, when, when there's three or four games on, on Sunday, 1 p.m., you don't want to be watching commercials or timeouts. You want to be catching as many plays as you can. And me and Eddie, we don't miss plays. Anyways, on today's show, we're going to be talking about teams that we think are contenders, teams that are pretenders, teams that are bound for the basement. We're going to be talking about opinions, predictions, players we think are going to do big things. And at the end of the show, Eddie's going to tell us who he thinks is going to end up in the Super Bowl. All right, you ready, E? You know I was born ready, Mike. All right, let's go. First things first, let's pay homage to the defending champs, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, these guys, Eddie, they lost a lot of weapons. So tell us what you think they're going to be doing this year, who they lost, and do they have a chance at repeating as defending champions? Hey, well, when I look at the Ravens, I'm glad you met. You started it off with the show. You, we do have to pay homage to the defending champs. When I look at the Ravens, you're looking at a lot of key losses. Ray Lewis, his leadership. Yeah. Ed Reed, you're looking at Bernard Pollard, who just was known as the bone crusher. A guy like that. I mean, Paul Kruger, who was the team leader in sacks. So those are all big losses. Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden on offense, yeah. right? If you're, yeah. we're about to transition to offense, you're looking at key losses. But you know, one thing about football is if you are able to have a quarterback who is in place and you lock up your quarterback for a long term, you have at least some sort of stability. And that's what the Baltimore Ravens have with Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco is a guy. He's legit. He's legit. That's a defending Super Bowl champion quarterback, a guy who oftentimes will struggle during the regular season, but he always finds a way to win in the big moments at big times. Yeah, he's he's clutch. I mean, yeah. he doesn't throw picks. Last year, he only threw 10 interceptions. He, he's proven that he can win. I mean, he's a winner. I mean, he has uh, the best winning percentage uh, as uh, one of the starters in the NFL. And he's no fluco anymore. He's not a fluco. And he's got he's got some weapons with him still. He's got Torrey Smith, who's yes. a burner. Yes. He's got Jacoby Jones, who, if you ask me, Jacoby Jones should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. He's got that Ray Rice. He did lose Dennis Pitta at the tight end position, which is going to be a, a hard blow for them to recover from. Yes. But, I mean, Ed Dixon and, and Pitta formed the one-two combination. So now, I mean, you, you got Ed Dixon still, and they did go out and sign Dallas Clark this week. Yeah. And also Brandon Stokely, a proven veteran, a proven veteran with the second go-around in Baltimore. He did win a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, so he's back. So, I mean, all those things, when you have stability at the quarterback position and you have a team that comes from winning and they've established that they can win, 
That's just the foundation that's there. So basically, they will not repeat as defending champs. I do not see the Baltimore Ravens repeating. I mean, the, those were big losses. And I know that Joe yes. Flacco said that this might be the best secondary that he's ever played with as far as his secondary. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when the real game starts, that's when leadership and experience wins over a lot of times. So yeah. I can't just go out and say, well, these guys are going to be able to repeat what the proven veterans did last year. And there's a lot of tough opponents out there. Uh, right. Speaking of tough opponents, let's move on to teams that you think, we think, have a strong chance at dethroning the Ravens. Let's start with... The Denver Broncos. I mean, the Denver Broncos, number one on the list, if you ask me, in the AFC as far as being able to take over the realms and take over that championship throne is the Denver yeah. Broncos. I mean, you have a quarterback in Peyton Manning, arguably the greatest quarterback in the regular season to ever play. I mean, he's yeah. kind of been snake bitten when the playoffs hit. There's a few things that have happened in Peyton's career, but. To me, when you look at Peyton Manning and the weapons that they've given Peyton this year, Wes yeah. Walker, who over the last six years has probably the most catches of any NFL wide receiver. I agree with that yeah. stat. You're, you're bringing back Demarius Thomas, who last year had a breakout season. And then let's not forget about Eric Decker, who also, in his own right, had a big year. Yeah. So You know, not too many people know that Den Denver finished second in points per game last year, uh, a little over 30. And then this year also at running back, I mean, Ronnie Hillman did show signs last year, and he's going to be competing with Monte Ball for that starting running back. Position. Rookie Monte Ball. All right, so the Broncos finished 13-3 and three last year. Your second powerhouse team possibly has the chance to take it all are the New England Patriots, also in the AFC. They play in the AFC East. Every year, these guys. Every year, and especially since they play in a weak division. I yes. Mean, they're, the, 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 no disrespect to the Dolphins. I mean, I mean, but reality is the Dolphins have not been a successful franchise since the Watch loss. Watch what of, you say about the Dolphins. <laughs> since the loss of Dan Marino, they have not been the same when we look at the Dolphins. I, I, mean, I, think, I think Dan Marino could start for a quarterback they, they, for the he Dolphins. He probably could. He could uh, probably play in a I wheelchair. know he drives a Cadillac, and, and, he, I, and I know he could be the starter. Let me tell you this. Dan I mean, Marino could he, still play for the he, Dolphins. Dan today. Marino can do anything he wants. Yeah. To. He could be Dan an Dan Marino could be my neighbor. I mean, you know? Dan Marino has the world in his hands. He just decided that, hey, you guys are never going to give me a running back to win a championship. Why would I ever play with this franchise still? Because Dan Marino had one of the greatest arms to ever play in the NFL because he never really did have mobility. I mean, at the end of his career, he could barely move, but his arm, championship arm. But no, getting no. point of order. Patriots. Yeah, getting back to, to the original. Number time. one offense last year. When you're looking at the Patriots, man, you're looking at, first of all, it all starts with Tom Brady. The future Hall of Famer, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, this week, I know a lot of New England fans had a scare because he there, there was a little incident. Went down that, in practice. Yeah, he went down in practice. Had a little, his knee got banged up a bit, but he was back at practice the next day with a knee brace. He's and, fine. Everybody, exactly. don't you guys worry. As long as he can stand on his own two, his mind is not affected. This yeah. guy will find his open receivers. He's made, he's made 
receivers more than receivers have made Tom Brady. This is no just doubt. A, this is what it is. It's a fact. And also in the backfield with Tom Brady is going to be Stephen Ridley, who Stephen Ridley had a big year. Yeah. I mean, he did rush for over a thousand two hundred and fifty yards with twelve touchdowns. Those are they're quite gaudy numbers. When you have double digit touchdowns as a running uh-huh. back, yeah, that's impressive. Those 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 are big numbers. And the, the one question I have with the Patriots is maybe their heart and soul at this stage, Rob Gronkowski. We do not know what is going on with the injury report. We don't know when he's coming back. Yeah. There is absolutely, they have not given anybody a date, a time, a timetable for when Gronkowski would be back. And when we look at Gronkowski's first three years in the NFL at the tight end position, his numbers match up with the greats. And even they might be the greatest numbers ever put up by a tight end yeah. in their first three years, yeah. and that's that's counting the fact that he only played eleven games last year and still had eleven touchdowns in eleven games. Yeah. I mean, to have a guy like Gronkowski at this stage, he's developing into the heart and soul of the team. I mean, this guy in the red zone, his numbers are legendary already in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, as hey. The they Gronk. brought in uh, Dan- Danny Amendola to replace uh, Welker in, in the slot. In the slot position, and I don't see a big drop-off at that position, especially with Brady throwing the ball and Amendola being the tough kid that he is. Because this is a guy that's had a hard time finding a steady job in the NFL. But once he found a steady job, that tells you this guy is a hard worker, and he'll pretty much be that kind of go-to guy that Brady is looking for in that inside slot now. They got that strong defense. I mean, the list goes on and on. Vince Wilfork, Gerard Mayo, Akib Talib, Devin McCourty. It's a strong defense. When you think of the Patriots, you think of Brady, obviously, but... But their defense is is definitely up there. Vince Wolford dominates that middle. I mean, you try to run the they football. Need, they got, they got a double team. Yeah, you try to run the football, basically all he does is cause traffic, and he pretty much clogs up the whole middle. Yeah. He is a one dominant defensive tackle. He yeah. is dominant. This year, they are going to be tough to beat, a, that's for sure. A great football franchise led yeah. by a great owner in Robert Kraft. So, moving on to your third team as Super Bowl contender, the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. And when it comes when we talk about the San Francisco 49ers, it starts also at the quarterback position and their second year starter and legend in the making in my eyes, Colin Kaepernick who is a hard worker. He proved that after they lost the Super Bowl. And the first thing that was on his mind was to go back and work on his game, refine his game. I mean, this guy had had every excuse to go party his life away after the Super Bowl, knowing that he just came off a really successful season. But what was on his mind is that he wanted to go out and work because he was unsatisfied by the result. I mean, that that, that just shows dedication, and that shows a guy who wants to win. So uh, I I had a question about Kaepernick. Is he for real? And I guess you answered that saying he is for real. And I I agree. I mean, you, you know what he did last year in the playoffs? He brought the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And and that that's that says a lot right there. So I think I think you'll have another big year. They they added Anquan Bolden. When you talk about Anquan Bolden, you talk about one of my favorite veterans. But not only one of my favorite veterans, one of my favorite players in the league. This is a guy who wasn't blessed with great speed, but his hands are phenomenal. And yeah. him being able to he, last year for Baltimore, he was that uh, that guy who started the engine for Baltimore as yeah. well. When they were struggling, Joe Flacco looked at him as the go-to guy, and he had some big plays in the Super 
well, he caught that touchdown in the Super Bowl to start the game off to make it a 7 nothing game for yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. And also, he had some big plays against the New England Patriots, if I'm not wrong. He had two touchdowns in that conference final. So, Anquan Bolden is just a veteran's vet. I yeah. mean, he might not be a go-to guy anymore, but when it comes down to big plays, you can count on Anquan Bolden. Navarro Bowman. Navarro Bowman. Patrick I mean, Willis. And let's not forget about Alden Smith, who was the, second in all in sacks yeah. in the NFL. We have Dante Whitner, Carlos Rogers, who rebounded after people thought his career was a big disappointment in Washington. He's resurfaced, and, and Jim Harbaugh has made him into a decent corner, a corner that you can depend and rely on. It's safe to say that the 49ers will be back in the playoffs. Yes. And they, they could be, be back in the Super Bowl. Yes, I mean, right now they are one of the, the favorites. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they have it all. They have a great offensive line, unless we forgot to talk about Frank Gore. Frank Gore, yes. I mean, that's that's a vet who knows how to find the holes, yeah. and he knows how to punish linebackers when he's one-on-one in the open field. Yeah. All right, moving on to the fourth team that you got down as a Super Bowl contender. This may be my favorite team of all these four teams as a Super Bowl contender. It would be the Seattle Super Seahawks. Yeah, I call them super because I have Super Bowl aspirations for them. But, yeah, the Seahawks, led by Pete Carroll, coach who was extremely loose, and a player's coach. He's an awesome, yeah, awesome coach. Yeah, he's a player's coach. I mean, the guys just look like they love to play for Pete Carroll. And also, when you think about Seattle, you think about their five foot eleven heart and soul, Russell Wilson, overlooked at the draft in 2012, third round pick, 75th overall, looked over by many teams, and he's proved many teams wrong. I mean, this kid just got stronger and better as the season went on. And you cannot see fears in his eyes. He should have a strong season again. He barely threw any interceptions. I think he threw 10. That's right. Very 26 fast. and 10. Very, very fast. Exactly. Top five quarterback rating. As a rookie, this guy is only going to get better. Like Kaepernick, this guy is going places. He's got a great cast around him. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Beast Mode Lynch. I mean, guy put up almost 1,600 yards with 12 touchdowns last year. I mean, Marshawn Lynch, he shows the way he runs why they call him Beast Mode. He's exciting to watch. He runs people over. He just takes a load off any quarterback that plays along with him because you can just give him the ball and go get me some yards, and that's exactly what Marshawn Lynch does. He's a highlight reel. Exactly. So Percy Harvin now, he's injured right now. Yes, right now. He has a bothersome hip, and we're looking at him to be out for three to four months. So, by the looks of it, I don't think Percy Arvin's going to be able to dress for the Seattle Seahawks this year, personally. That's just yeah. my personal opinion. Sidney Rice, I, I really liked him in Minnesota. I think, yes. You know, 11-5 and five last year. Definitely a powerhouse. Exciting to watch. Exciting to watch their home games. I agree with you. I do see them in the playoffs and uh, contending for the Super Bowl again this year. Exactly. I mean, and let's not forget about their defense, though. Huh? Richard Sherman, arguably the best corner in football. Yes. And then Bobby Wagner, who was second in defensive tackle, player. Tackle machine. Exactly. A couple other teams that uh, we won't really go into details, but uh, that will be in the playoffs, most likely at least two teams. Two out of these three teams. Yeah, the Packers, I mean, they have Aaron Rodgers. They have Clay Matthews on defense. So I look at them as being a very formidable team. I mean, the New York Giants, 
Yeah, Eli Manning. I mean, two-time champ, defending Super Bowl champ. It looks like Hakeem Nix might finally stay healthy. That's hopeful. And JPP, this should be a formidable team as well. So, and then we're looking at Atlanta, who brought in Steven Jackson, and then they got those two great wide receivers to complement Matt Ryan. So, thirteen and three last year. Also brought in OCU Minura. That's right. So those those three teams right there: Giants, Falcons, Packers. Also uh, going to do big things this year. All right, so those were the front runners. Let's switch it up to your sleeper team. Now you got one team here, dark horse team, underdog team. If you say that these guys could go all the way, I, I would be a believer, bro, because let's be real. You know, let's stop being humble for a second and let's be yeah. real. Not too many people know more about sports than, than you, e-money bags. And if Jeopardy had a sports edition, you'd be the host. So tell us about this sleeper team, this underdog team that you think could go all the way. Well, my sleeper team, my uh, underdog team, will be the Washington Redskins. And when I look at the Redskins, I'm looking at their starting quarterback, RG3. Until his injury happened against the Baltimore Ravens, was on the way to just pretty much... We did, We don't know exactly what would have happened if RG3 would have stayed healthy at yes. the end of the year. I mean, Seattle probably... They would probably would have beat Seattle in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And the, potent, the possibilities would have been endless. But, I mean, he did get injured. And then it led to some controversy between him and Mike Shanahan. Yeah. Uh, should he have played him? Should he have not played him? Personally, I wouldn't have played RG3. Yeah. Because RG3 is too valuable to a franchise. Franchise this, player. This guy is a franchise player. And no jobs were on the line. I would have saved them for this year. But then, you know, this year he's going to be playing with a knee brace. But because this guy looks like he has a head on his shoulders, I believe in the Redskins. I yes. believe the Redskins are going to be a team that's going to surprise people, even though they surprised people last year. Yes. You know, I mean, you got Alfred Morris, who had one of the best rookie seasons at running back ever. You think he'll do that again? I think so. Yeah. I, I really think that, especially last year, they were number one in rushing in the NFL. Usually, you don't see a big drop-off in rushing once you go from number one. Yeah. Usually, if you're, it, it steadily declines, but there's you don't go from one to... To 20 you don't go 1 to 25 so I expect big things from the Washington Redskins a, a guy I really like Pierre Garçon Peter the waiter now nobody please nobody draft him come fantasy day all right because I want Pierre Garçon on my team they he had already established chemistry with RG3 he yes. was the first one to catch a touchdown pass from RG3 ever and RG3 won against the New Orleans Saints it was a big one it, it was, was a, a huge uh, one it was an 80 yeah. uh, eight, 88 yard catch with RG3 lying on his back now he, just so people know what he just said the 88 yard touchdown pass in week one he doesn't have that written down in front of him this is <laughs> shit coming out of his brain <laughs> all right so Okay, keep going about yeah, so so when we look thank you for that compliment. I appreciate <laughs> it. But the the one thing about Pierre Garcon is um, you know, he this year if he's healthy <laughs> knowing that he's already established a yes. rapport yeah. with RG3 and knowing that RG3 is probably going to be throwing more out of the pocket this year because yes. he's going to be less willing to, to put that injured knee at risk. I mean, you could be looking at Pierre Garçon having a big season. No doubt, yeah. I, I see the Redskins making the playoffs and they could creep up on some teams. I have them penciled in as winning the NFC East. Now, a lot of people aren't going to like this prediction, but you have the Dallas Cowboys as finishing in the middle of the pack and missing the playoffs again, which I think would be the fifth time in the last six years. 
I mean, they're, they're led by Tony Romo. Listen, Tony Romo puts up numbers, but his numbers are the most misleading numbers ever put up by a quarterback in the NFL. This guy, when the clutch time arises, he comes up small. That's just who Tony Romo is. I mean, that's his reputation. I have no other reason to believe that Tony Romo would ever come up big in a big game. Yeah. I mean, this guy always finds a way to throw that clutch INT, always finds a way to not make the determining plays to bring his team to another level. Unfortunately, that's too bad because I really like Tony Romo as the, as the man. But as the football player, I would not invest in his stock. Des Bryant. Beast mode. Is he going to have another monster year? When I look at Des Bryant, there's no reason why he wouldn't. He has all the physical tools, so I would say yes. I mean, Des Bryant is... I mean, this is a guy who, despite the, all the controversy that have surrounded him throughout his career, yeah. his numbers are not reflective of all that controversy. This guy puts numbers and numbers, numbers up on the board. So 8-8 eight and eight at best, missing the playoffs. Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, Cowboys fans. All right, there's a few teams out there that just don't got what it takes yet. I mean, we could go in uh, Jacksonville, Cleveland. But you got two teams here living in the basement this year. Uh, tell us about those two teams. Well, when you talk about basement teams, you got to start with the New York Jets. And you want you want me to explain why the Jets are going to be a basement team? <laughs> I got two words for you. Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. It's as simple as that. I mean, Mark Sanchez introduced the world to the butt fumble and will always be his claim to fame, the butt fumble. Yes. Just to think about, you know, I mean, he Mark Sanchez was bad enough before the butt fumble, but now you add that onto his resume, this kid will never be able to recover. I mean, and the worst part of the whole situation is that Mark Sanchez is a hard worker. He puts in his time. Yes. I mean, he even has his own quarterback camp right before training camp starts to work on plays and to work with teammates, but yet none of that stuff comes up to help him big in the games. Plus, they drafted Geno Smith so he could be he could replace eventually Mark Sanchez. So it'll be interesting to see if Mark Sanchez could even keep his job. What round did Geno Smith go in? Geno Smith was a second-round pick, if I am not wrong, by okay. the New York Jets. The Jets six and ten last year. I I, I don't think they're gonna win six games this year. I think I think they'll win four at at most. It's funny you say that because next year, anybody wants to see Rex Ryan, you can go to your local McDonald's. He'll be serving you burgers and fries. Trust me, Martin, Rex Ryan will be out of a job. Unfortunately, a lot of it will be due to Mark Sanchez. Okay, now second team that you got in the basement this the, year. The second team I have in the basement, they replaced their coach this past year in North Turner, would be the San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers have... Have you ever had something in your house that anytime you don't want it to fall because it's that fragile? You know, you just know that on impact it's going to break. Yeah, a nice framed painting. Exactly. Well, we all know those things cannot absorb contact. Well, yeah. that is Ryan Matthews for you people. Yeah. Ryan Matthews <laughs> cannot play a 16-game regular season. No. It's just at this stage, it's a fact. If he takes any kind of contact, he's going to miss games. And that's just really not what you want at the running back position because that's probably the toughest position on offense. You are going to get hit. You yeah. are going to have to take the hits. You're going to have to come off the hits. 
And Ryan Matthews just can't do that. And when I look at Philip Rivers, I'm a big fan of Philip Rivers. Yes, I know you are, bro. I, I love Philip Rivers. You need to get off that bandwagon. I, I, I probably do. I mean, he burned me in fantasy last year. He burned me good. Probably cost me my whole fantasy season. If you ask me, Philip Rivers owes me a buy-in. But you know, I, let's just be real. He was that awful. I actually, I actually had Ryan Matthews, and you had Philip Rivers. I, mean, I don't think we're Chargers fans. That's why we got him in the basement. Yeah. Bro. That's exactly why we have him in the basement. And then we're looking at Donario Alexander already out with a torn ACL. I mean, Malcolm Floyd got injured in training camp a week ago. The other guy that I absolutely love on that team, who's already, I, for him, I would really want them to be a winning franchise would be Antonio Gates. That's a guy, despite all the injuries, always finds a way to put up numbers. I mean, yeah. seven touchdowns in I don't know how many consecutive years, but Antonio Gates is a gamer. Yes. He's a gamer. All right, so let's get out of this basement. It's dark down here. Yeah. All right, so tell us about your Philadelphia Eagles. Last year, bro, the Eagles, 4-12. and 12. It cannot get worse than this. Tell us what you think. Do they make the playoffs? To be honest with you, from what I've seen from them in the preseason, I will go out on a limb with the Eagles and say yes. Chip Kelly has rejuvenated that offense. He has put new life in Mike Vick's career. Um, even Mike Vick said that Chip, because of Chip Kelly, he's fallen in love with the game of football again. Yeah. I mean, that's a strong statement. Chip Kelly, he came from the University of Oregon, Oregon. the Ducks. I mean, yeah. where they ran the, the read option, high tempo offense. And I just think that that's an offense that Michael Vick should have been running his whole career. Because yeah. Michael Vick is not a quarterback, is not a pocket passer. That's not him. He doesn't want to be limited to being a guy who has to make reads, who has to just stand in the pocket. This is a guy who's such a freak athlete that you're putting him out in space and you're making him do what he does best. And Chip Kelly might have been a godsend for Michael Vick because it seems to me this is going to be a marriage made in heaven, if you ask me, yeah. because of the amount of things that Chip Kelly allows in his offense, mobility, you know, being able to make plays and, and going out there, use your legs. And it seems like him and Chip Kelly might be a marriage made in heaven. And this is exactly what Michael Vick needed for his career. Also, let's not forget the... Even last year, when they were struggling, that they lost LaShawn McCoy in the at, at parts of the season. He did not play 16 games. Yeah, and no. Shady McCoy... He played 10, I think. Yes. Shady McCoy, when I think Shady McCoy, I think of the shiftiest running back in the NFL. I mean, yeah. he's the guy, to me, that resembles Barry Sanders the most yeah. by the way he shifts and he moves, he jukes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm telling you, Chip Kelly has brought a new energy and a new commitment to the Philadelphia Eagles. You got to love watching the Eagles play football. Now, they did lose Jeremy Macklin for the year, but, I mean, Deshaun Action Jackson is a beast. This is one of the most exciting trios to, to watch. Exactly. I mean, you have a great trio. You have... Um, I mean, the wide receiver position in, in Philly. I mean, there's guys willing to step up. Jason Avant, and if anything, if the Philadelphia Eagles don't perform... There's a KKK parade down my face. <laughs> when Riley Cooper steps on the field, you might get a KKK parade. That might be something to watch. If anything, they have the halftime entertainment. A whole KKK shows up at halftime. I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought someone killed Riley Cooper. <laughs> He's still alive. He's still alive. Oh, He's he still under contract. 
I'm telling you, his Who's KKK. running this team, Eddie? <laughs> I'm telling the owner of the team has had affiliations with the KKK. That's why Riley Cooper is still a Philadelphia Eagle. Jesus. <laughs> last time I... Listen, there's a story that came out in Philly. That the last time they saw Riley Cooper at the supermarket, he had a white sheet and two holes. <laughs> And he was putting his he was putting his groceries. All right, now what now who is now Kenny Chesney? Kenny Chesney has Kenny Chesney said anything? Kenny Chesney is still in shame because he under he's like he you weren't supposed to blow my cover. <laughs> this was a KKK party, but here you are getting caught on camera. How am I supposed to? You're blowing my cover, bro. I, I don't think Kenny Chesney's gonna be doing any shows in Philadelphia. Uh, listen, this show that we're doing right now is is will probably get edited. Let's be real. Let's be real to the fans. According to many people's, when when Riley Cooper went on camera, Kenny Chesney was edited from that video. He was in that video saying he was going to go fight them with Riley Cooper. But apparently, some way, somehow, he got edited out. So, Kenny Chesney, if you're out there, please come out and tell the people that you were in that video, too. Please. I think he, he had his... his uh Acoustic guitar, and he was gonna honky talk, man. Some, some, some black folks. Exactly the word. The Kenny, word. Kenny Chesney just went from platinum to gold. Yes. Because of this podcast, Kenny Chesney lost about a hundred thousand record sales. Thanks to stadiums and arenas. Exactly. All right. Eddie thinks the Eagles are in the playoffs. I'm going on a limb. I'm All right. That. Yeah. All right. So now that we did. Your Eagles, let's do my Steelers. The Battle of Pennsylvania, brother. I'll tell you. The Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, so give me some good news, E-Money Bags. I have good news for, for Steelers fans. This franchise is still in Pittsburgh. That's about it. <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, this is not the, the, the your mom's Steelers. This is not your dad's Steelers. This is the new Steelers. And let's just face it, they don't have the running game anymore. But I will say, they do have a two-time Super Bowl champion in Big Ben Roethlisberger who has been shown to perform miracles. Yes. So as long as you have a miracle worker on your team, you never know what can happen. Because this is what separates oftentimes the good, the average, and the great teams. is a quarterback who's not afraid to make the big plays in clutch situations. Because yes. we talk, we could talk at nauseum about other teams and how they have talent. They have this. But if you can't execute, what's your talent for? And Big Roethlisberger has executed. This is a guy who knows how to win. And before, when I was a kid, I always thought, man, what does that mean, knowing how to win? What I, I was puzzled by that. I thought to myself, all you needed is talent. But mm -hmm. when you see guys like Big Ben, you realize he has that pedigree. He has that, I'm able to make big plays. All I need is my defense to keep the game close enough and I will make those plays. And I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers still have that as a model of the franchise. I do think their defense is going to be strong again this year. Now, last year they finished 8-8. Eight eight. They didn't make the playoffs. They lost Mike Wallace. They lost J James Harrison. Now you got Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. As you're running back punch. issues, like you said. Do you think they do better or worse than 8-8? Eight Okay, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to finish this season at 9 and 7. But 9 and 7 might be good enough to win that division. Yeah. Because when you like I said, we already mentioned the amount of losses, the key losses Baltimore had. Yes. And in Cincinnati, I, I I'm not convinced. 
So when you have a guy like Big Ben, who uh, right now, till today, is the best quarterback in that division. You're right. It is going to be a good battle to win that division. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Baltimore. Obviously, I'm hoping that the Steelers make the playoffs. Nine and seven. Hopefully, that's good enough to win the division and make the playoffs. All right. So that's pretty much it for the teams. Now let's talk about some players. Eddie, let's tell the world on players who have new homes. Wes Walker, who is not a Denver Bronco. Wes Walker just made a living in the slot the previous years with Tom Brady. Now he comes to Denver, and he has a great quarterback along with him in Peyton Manning. So I expect Wes Walker to put up big numbers. Then we have Anquan Bolden. San Fran. The San Francisco 49ers. I, you know, I went a bit in the details of what I think of Anquan. I think this is a can't-miss move. Mike Wallace. I have my doubts about this move. Ed Reed in Houston. I mean, you can't. if you're going to sign a free agent veteran, you can't sign anything better than Ed Reed. Just Let's win a fit. championship. Exactly. Reggie Bush. With Matt Stafford throwing about 75% of the time, Reggie Bush should be in for a big year out of the backfield. Danny Amendola plays with Brady. He's going to replace Wes Walker in that slot position. Look for the production to be increased and look for some big numbers. Greg Jennings, that's a move I really don't know about. I mean, Greg Jennings was battling through injuries last year. And Christian Ponder, there's questions about Ponder because, let's face it, uh, Adrian Peterson is option number one, option number two, option number three. And he might be the whole team, for crying out loud. <laughs> Percy Harvin in Seattle. Well, we talked about Percy Harvin's injury trouble, so we probably won't get to know uh, what kind of production he's going to have with the Seattle Seahawks. Probably yes. not even this year. Last year was also injured. A- exactly. He's been going through injury problems. Carson Palmer in Arizona. Proven vet who has a legitimate number one wide receiver option in Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. I expect really the Arizona to be a contender. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll yes. we'll, we'll see how it goes. Alex Smith and KC, I like Alex Smith. Yes. But the thing is, how's it gonna work out in KC in his first year where you know you come from a losing franchise? I will say Andy uh, Andy Reid is known to be an offensive guy who knows how to make quarterbacks better. And Alex Smith was already good in San Fran. We got Matt Flynn in Oakland. I mean Oh, Oakland is Oakland. I don't expect big things, so I'm not going to really go into details with this. I expect big things from Matt Flynn. Wow. Hey, you're the only one. You might <laughs> you might be the only one, including Oakland Raider fans. Daryl Revis in Tampa. I mean, let's see if Revis can go back to Revis Island, being able to shut down wide receivers one-on-one. That should be interesting. How much see. money did they give him? They gave him $96 million over six years, but none of it is guaranteed. Steven Jackson and ATL, this is what I would call a can't-miss move. I mean, all these moves are interesting to see how they're they're all going to pan out. So those are pretty much the players that we could come up with, the key players that we could come up with that have new homes. Now, there's two things that I want to touch on quickly before we end the podcast. I want you to give me three players, any position that they should be looking to draft that they might not have their eye on come fantasy day. Okay, well, when I look at those three players, I think, first of all, of David Wilson on the New York Giants. I mean, David Wilson is explosive. The other guy is St. Louis Ram wide receiver Tavon Austin, the first skilled player drafted in the whole 2013 draft. Yeah. And the other guy, my third guy, I think because of the fact that Anquan Bolden left, I think Torrey Smith 
he's going to put up more possession receiver numbers. Because often, Torrey Smith, we know what he can do. Deep we know threat. he's a deep threat. Yeah. But now he needs to play that intermediate role also. So look out for those three players come fantasy draft time. All right. So say so Tavon Austin, Torrey Smith, and David Wilson. And David Wilson. All right, I'll go with Randall Cobb, Navarro Bowman, and kind of an obvious one, Jimmy Graham. But as for fantasy football, we should have a podcast dedicated to that up and running soon. And lastly, Eddie, E-Moneybags, who do you see in the Super Bowl? This year, drumroll, I see out of the AFC, the Denver Broncos, and they will be playing against the San Francisco 49ers who will be participating in a second straight Super Bowl appearance. Now, if you want me to give you a winner, you're going to have to pay for that. Oh, you're going to have to pay for that. That's all I can tell you right now. It's San Fran versus the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 48, if I'm not wrong, which will be played in New York City. Yes, MetLife. So, MetLife Stadium. It might be snowing, so get your snow plows ready. Get your winter coats ready. Get your mitts ready. Get your your, your toques on. Especially for the 49ers, being from Cali. Exactly. I think those are two good choices. That's right. All right, guys. So that about does it for us. Hope you enjoyed our NFL preview as well as our first edition of the podcast. Be on the lookout for our second edition, which will be dedicated to fantasy football. For my co-host slash pimp slash analyst, eMoneyBags, I'm Rob Hawken, and we out. Peace.